You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network. Today is Monday, March the 22nd. It is the first show of spring. As a, as a calendar officially turned to spring, I think it was, was it the 20th on on Saturday. And nevertheless, happy spring, happy Monday. My name is Lucas Smiths. Lucas Smith, excuse me, can't even say my own name right. Host of the Lockdown Cardinals podcast and the St. Louis Cardinals mega fan. Thank you for tuning in once again. Uh, Cardinals with a, with an interesting uh, weekend, but today's episode is brought to you by the wonderful people at Boat Bar. Uh, head over to BoatBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. I just got a fresh order um, for, from Built Bar that was very delicious. Uh, so be sure to, to head over and get your Built Bars now. But an interesting weekend for St. Louis. They get beat by the Mets pretty bad, 8-5. Uh, to five. And then yesterday... Uh, the uh, Cardinals with a little bit of a, a comeback with a 5-2 win against Houston yesterday. So there are some some spotlights I want to um, shine on there where there are um, two guys I want to talk about. Or one guy I want to talk about and then a, a topic, and then I'll get to the games in the last segment of the show today. Uh, but I do want to you know, be open as to why I wasn't very uh, – Tweeting, if you will, and didn't, didn't tweet much over the weekend. Uh, you know, I mentioned that my my girlfriend's uh, grandmother passed away or passed away last weekend, which is why I was on my that weekend, and then had a late episode. Uh, the funeral was this weekend, so I spent time in, in St. Louis with, with her and her family this weekend. Uh, so that is why I was MIA in terms of tweeting and things like that and watching the games. But I've gotten all caught up and everything. I just wasn't able to, to, to do it live per se. So uh, the person I want to talk about first before I get into my my, my my topic, uh, if you will, and then before I, I do uh, kind of my, my thoughts on the games that I've watched and the recaps and things, I want to talk about Paul DeYoung. This is a guy that, that, that is kind of a dark horse in this lineup, I think. Uh, him and O'Neal have the potential to be really, really solid at the middle to, end, middle to the back end of the lineup. Paul DeYoung did not get off to a good start in spring. I mean, his average, the highest his average has gotten is it was 200, which is what it is at now. And then from from March 8th uh, until March 15th, uh, he went went hitless um, in five games. But, and then on the 17th, went one for two, two for three in the 18th, and then one for two yesterday. All the numbers continue to climb, and he seems to just be getting his timing back which is huge. The big thing for Paul DeYoung, we all know it. I've said it a lot on this show. Consistency, consistency, consistency. He's got to be consistent in order for him to make an impact because there are times where he just goes off and then it seems like it's always against the Mets too, by the way. Um, But then there are other times where he just forgets how to hit a baseball. And it, it, it's frustrating because we, you know, we, we see the talent, we we see the the effectiveness, uh, but but um, then it just it's a struggle whenever it's not there. Uh, but his first home run of the spring came on Thursday, um, the 18th, which was good to see. It's always good to see Paul DeYoung hit a hit a bomb, and then he went one for two with uh, with a base knock and a run scored in yesterday's win against Houston. I think Tyler O'Neill is definitely. Um, 
more, you know, I don't know, it's hard to determine which one's more important to the lineup, but I definitely think, I said this a lot last year, that if the Cardinals get both Pauls going, Paul DeYoung, Paul Goldschmidt, then this lineup is pretty, pretty deadly. Especially last season when they were, you know, most of the time they were going to be your three, four hitters, you know, unless Brad Miller was heating up or things like that. But Paul DeYoung was going to be the guy hitting behind Paul Goldschmidt. He's not going to be doing that very much this year. But the point still stands. If both Pauls are hot, Cardinal offense is in a good spot. Especially if DeYoung is going to be hot from that sixth, maybe even that seventh position, depending on what the lineup ends up looking like on opening day and throughout the year. But Paul DeYoung's consistency is key to this offense. I think that he can really, you know, I'm not saying he's going to make or break the offense, but he's going to be a pretty important part in this offense to, to be productive with the Paul that he'll be throwing to in Paul Goldschmidt. And the reason that I think Paul DeYoung is so important is because we all know what we're going to get out of Arenado and Goldschmidt in, in terms of productivity. You know, and, and you could say, oh, we don't know about Arenado's home runs and all this stuff. And yes, you know, the, the question mark is there. But for the most part, you know that the production's going to be there. It's these other guys that I, I talk about a lot, that the question marks that surround this team that are going to define this team. Are those question marks going to stay question marks? Are those question marks going to be positive punctuation? Are they going to be a period, an exclamation point? How are the people that are question marks right now, the Tyler O'Neills, the Harrison Baders, the Paul DeYoung, even though I'm high on a lot of these guys, how are these question marks going to perform? If you have two of the three, two of the four, you can even throw Dylan Carlson as a question mark. Two of the four produce, I say this a lot, that is huge, and that lengthens the lineup out a ton. The more deadly options you have beyond Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado, the better. Duh. Right? I mean, that, that shouldn't be that out there of a statement. Tyler O'Neill is going to be a huge help in this offense, but Paul DeYoung is going to be that extra guy. Because I think Paul DeYoung can, you know, he doesn't have the same kind of power that Tyler O'Neill has. Paul DeYoung can do um, a, maybe a little bit more gap to gap, maybe just a more of a doubles guy, whereas O'Neill is going to hit the snot out of the ball and hit it a mile. But, I, you know, and, I, and again, I think maybe Tyler O'Neill is, well, I'll say this. Whoever is hitting fifth is going to be more important in this lineup. Because that's who's going to hit behind either Nolan Arnauto or Paul Goldschmidt. Because, again, I don't like the idea like I talked about. I think I talked about this last week for those who missed it. I don't like Paul Goldschmidt batting second. He's I just – that's not my style of lineup. I think that Paul Goldschmidt is is best when he's batting third. And I just think that, that that's what the that's – what, that's what he's made to hit for. He's a pure power hitter. Or I'm sorry, he's just uh, – he, he's – just a pure hitter in, in the sense that he's got power contact, and I just don't think he's a number two hitter. I, I would much rather see Dylan Carlson there or Paul DeYoung there. But, I, I mean, to start, I'd rather Dylan Carlson. But because well, the reason I talk about the, the fifth spot, because assuming Goldsmith are not our 3-4, it's whoever's protecting those two is huge. Because if you've got nobody behind Nolan Arenado, then Nolan Arenado is not going to see a single pitch to hit. So it's got to be a productive bat behind him. In all honesty, what Mike Schilt should should think about doing is whoever's the hottest bat at the time, that's who you bat fifth. You have to assume that Goldschmidt and Arnott are going to be penciled in every single day for you know at least 150 games, not 160, 162, or whatever they end up playing this year. But whoever is batting fifth is going to be the hottest bat. 
or the best matchup that day. I'm not saying platoon in the field. I think the starting nine should should stay stay the same for the most part. But at the same time, you're going to want somebody behind Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt that makes the pitcher think, okay, I got three guys that I can't let beat me. Well, obviously one of them is going to beat you. So in my opinion, if that's Tyler O'Neill, that's Paul DeYoung, whoever's hitting right, whoever has his timing, you got to go for it. Got to go for Paul for whoever's hitting fifth. Um, you know, but even if it's Yachty, heck, even if it's Bader for a game, I don't know. I just think that whoever hits behind Goldschmidt Arnado has to be productive and has to has to be a threat, plain and simple. So I, I'm really liking what I'm seeing from Paul DeYoung in terms of his timing seems to be getting back, and I like I say, I think that's absolutely huge. Uh, so. so so that's my that's my Paul DeYoung bit. That's my Paul DeYoung plug. I really think that Paul DeYoung can, can be consistent this year and be a deadly force in this lineup. And a lot of what-ifs right now as we creep uh, closer and closer and closer to April 1st being opening day. So uh, that'll conclude segment one. Segment two, I'm talking about who the Cardinals cut, uh, who, who have they made another round of cuts, and who's going back to the minor leagues or who's being optioned in the minor leagues, and my thoughts on each one of those players coming up here in just a moment. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and NHL are in full swing, and you all know that college basketball is in the middle of March madness. Even if your bracket's busted, you can still place bets on games. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They've got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That means if you deposit $100, you enter the promo code Locked On, you'll get $50 free on top of it. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. As I talked about on Friday's show, talking about the, the roster. The roster is never easy to make up, and we're starting to see the roster uh, take shape a little bit with uh, with another round round of cuts. But before I get into that, I do want to tell you about Locked On Today. You can get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski, uh, Peter Bukowski, excuse me, hosts is the host of the show, and he updates you in all the sports news in every major sport with the help of the local experts. I've been on the show once, uh, so be sure to follow Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Peter's great. It's a great show. Definitely would uh, love to see you um, uh, or know that you're listening to it. Um, but let's get in, into the cuts. Uh, this is from an article by Zachary Silver uh, from Saturday on MLB.com as to who the Cardinals cut. And, um, you know, not a lot of shockers here per se. Um so, so that the roster is down to 44. Um, they, they've sent 10 players uh, to the minor league camp. Seth Elledge, Angel Rondon, um, and catchers Ivan Herrera and uh, Ali Sanchez. Ali Sanchez had, had done, um, you know, so some pretty impressive things with the bats. So, I mean, I was excited to see him. You know, in no way, shape, or form did I expect him or did I think he should make the major league roster over Kisner or Herrera. Um, but with, with the way Kisner's impressing, it's not looking like Kisner 
he was going to the minor leagues anytime soon. And not that that was expected, but I definitely think that uh, Herrera and Sanchez will will be just fine in the minors. But I, I was shocked to see, or not shocked, I guess I was surprised to see Seth Elledge go down to the minor leagues. He had not had a strong spring. I understand that. But this is a guy that, um, to me, has impressed over the last handful of years. Uh, or not handful, impressed over the last, impressed last year. Uh, his, his, um, you know, his numbers, uh, you know, they, they weren't super eye-popping. Yes, he had an ERA uh, north of four and a half. His swilling in the pitching was north of five. But, um, you know, I would not have been shocked if he made the major league roster. Um, but combined with, with, with iffy numbers, you combine those with, a not good spring, um, four earned run, or three earned runs and four innings pitched, five hits, um, four walks in, in those four innings. Um, so, so, so not great there. Again, not a shock, but I, I, I'm not completely giving up on Seth Elledge in terms of his career, if you will, or his, his future with St. Louis. It just hasn't happened in 2000 and not going to happen rather in 2021. And I think that that's, um, that's okay. But again, the Cardinals have plenty of depth. They're going to have, you know, option after option after option, um, if and when, or knock on wood here, if they have guys go down to injury. Um, Elledge and Rondone, and, you know, Rondone is the number 12 prospect in the Cardinal system. Seth Elledge is the number 22 prospect in the system. Um, so, so definitely some, so, some prospects and some highly touted prospects in that minor league system for sure. And, you know, not, not that, Every prospect pans out. We know that, but I, I just I'm I'm excited for both these guys. I think Rondone is definitely somebody. Obviously, being the number twelve overall prospect has some high high ceilings. It was big news whenever he was protected from the Rule Five draft. But I really, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited for the future of both these guys. Uh, also reassigned to the minors, her right-hander Roel Ramirez. He has a bad memory in my head with the when he gave up two or three home runs in a row to, to Chicago. Uh, that was. Brutal. Catcher Aaron and, um, and Antonini, excuse me, infielders Evan Mendoza, who's the number 29 overall prospect. Delvin Perez, who to me was really impressive this spring. And I'll talk about him um, here in, in just a moment, but also optioned or reassigned other were outfielders Connor Capel and Scott Hurst. Scott Hurst had played a couple of games that I don't um, didn't remember seeing. Um, Mr. Capel in in, a, in any games, but Devlin Perez has definitely been a guy that definitely was not on my radar pre this spring training, um, but but has has somewhat impressed. Definitely um, been a guy to, to keep keep an eye on at some point. He, he's never played you know above a ball, and his numbers are not definitely. Not eye popping, but he he's played well this spring. He's hit a couple balls hard, had a triple and a double. Uh, just you know, maybe maybe one of these guys, maybe a prospect that is not highly touted out of um, college or in in the minor leagues, but somebody that that just takes time to progress and takes time to develop. So definitely keep your eye on Delvin Perez. But I mean, again, if you look at his baseball reference card, like I have. You know, nothing super pops out other than back in 2016 as a 17-year-old in rookie ball, uh, but in 2019 at A ball at Peoria in 118 games, 269 average, on base of 329, uh, only slugs 325. So that's for a piping hot OPS of 654. 
He had one home run, three triples, 17 doubles for his 123 hits. So, again, I understand the numbers don't pop out, but he was definitely hitting the ball hard this spring. So, uh, definitely to keep in the back, the very back of your head, you can keep the name Delvin Perez. But, again, according to this article by Zachary Silver, those are the people that were uh, were cut um, in the next round of cuts. And 44 players and... Definitely still some names to keep your eye on and to to keep looking for. And and one of those guys is John Nagowski. He had the the game-winning single in the Houston game that I'm going to be talking about here and just coming up in just a little bit. But, um, you know, even with this team, with, with not a whole lot of roster battles, always, 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 and every spring training never fails, somebody impresses, somebody makes a name for themselves, and somebody makes a coaching staff think, and that is huge. That is the sign of a good or, good organization. That is the sign of a um, of an exciting future. Uh, one thing that was not exciting was the game on Friday, and that was Carlos Martinez. And I'll be talking about Mr. Martinez coming up after this short break. We've been telling you about the best tasting protein bar in the market for a while now, and that is Built Bar. Built Bar is the low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is best. That's right. It's time for Built Bar Madness. Today, on Monday, the matchup is coconut versus birthday cake for one of the last two spots in the enticing eight. This is a tough one. I think this is going to be a nail-biter. My vote with the edge, with the slight upset as well, as Bertha Cake had to play to get into the Sweetest 16. I'm still going with the birthday cake for an upset win to get into the Enticing 8. So head over to BuiltBar.com, or you can head over to at Built underscore Bar, or excuse me, at Bar underscore Built on Twitter to vote. BuiltBar.com or at Bar underscore Built on Twitter to vote. And again, the matchup today, Coconut versus Birthday Cake. Birthday cake is getting my vote by a hair. And also, be sure to lose, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, that's LOCKED15, LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And be sure to check back daily to see who won the matchup on this day and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Day is getting really close. I am getting really, really excited, and we have a ton of fun stuff coming up on Locked On MLB Podcast Network beginning this Wednesday. Locked On MLB Podcast is featuring one of our biggest events of the year, which is the Locked On MLB Division Preview Series. All of our experts um, in every MLB market, including myself. Answer the biggest questions around each team. Follow Locked on MLB on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Super exciting. I've, I've heard some of the stuff the other hosts have done. Really cool stuff to, to get some insight on the other teams. So be sure to tune into Locked on MLB this Wednesday um, for, for that uh, for that preview for bold predictions. Locked on now as well is going to have some stuff on Locked on today. So Super fun stuff. Super excited for that. So be sure to head over to that. But let's talk about the weekend. Um, you know, I wasn't able to, to watch the games live, but again, I've watched since, and there was not a lot to like in terms of Carlos Martinez. 
His final line ended up being uh, three innings pitched, five hits, five earned, walked two, struck out one, uh, give up a home run to Nito in the second. Um, and I believe it was, it was his runs that scored on the grand slam as well, um, if I remember correctly. But um, nevertheless, not a fun time for Carlos Martinez. He just he he has his blow up starts, and it's really it really is difficult to watch because I I'm high on the guy. I, I really am. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not super high, but I just think that he has the capability to be pretty good, and he just hasn't been able to put it together. He he had to leave in the first inning, didn't get through the entire first inning, leadoff walk to Nemo, got two outs, then a double, and then uh, Krasinski had to come in to finish the first inning. So then Martinez comes back in the second, gives up a home run, but other than that, th- three outs, so that, that's okay. And then in the third, single, caught stealing, Love it by Kisner. Walk two outs. Um, so, or, you know, two extra outs to get to the third out. So everything's looking good. And then in the fourth inning, single strikeout, double, fielder's choice. And then um, Parsons come in, walk, grand slam. So two of those runs were charged to Martinez. He just can't have these blow-up starts. He, he just simply can't. There's no other way around it. Uh, I, I just... Because you, you you can't as a starter in the major leagues, I don't you know you can't give up five runs in an inning, um you, you just can't. And we're getting too close to opening day for guys to be pulled out of an inning just to come back. I'm sorry, I'm okay with that plan. I'm okay with that rule. I don't have a problem with the rule. I have a problem with with pitchers not being at a level to com- to complete to get through it. Um, two weeks for opening day. I, I, I'm sorry. The people starters just need to be at, at a higher level right now. They just do. So that was concerning. So, some positives from this game. You, you saw Carlson get a hit. And, you know, we, we saw a three-run six and a two-run eight for the Cardinals. Done by um, any regulars per se for for run scoring. Carlson scored a run, but Max Moroff, Evan Mendoza, and Scott Hurst with the three Cardinals with RBIs on Friday. So I mean. Great depth, that's wonderful. But you saw Carpenter go 0 for 2, uh, Arenado 0 for 3. Not concerned about Arenado. Don't worry. O'Neill struck out, left runner on base 0 for 3. Uh, Kisner, all, you know, like I mentioned, he threw somebody out, so that was good to see. Loved the defense there. But the more positives, for, positives for me came on on Saturday, and I, I think that this was a step in the right direction for John Gant. You know, it was huge. Struck out five over five innings. You know, replays that I saw, he looked pretty good, looked really sharp. And then the bullpen comes in. Jordan Hicks, another positive that I love to talk about. 13-pitch inning. Wonderful that he was able to get through an inning on that short of a pitch count and, and struck out two. I saw the velo was down to 98, but I'll tell you what, I'll sacrifice 103 to 98 to get through innings like that um, any day of the week. And then the big story in this game was the absolute mammoth shot that was hit by Dylan Carlson on a fly ball to right field absolutely murdered it pitched down and in lefties love those down and in pitches man he just dropped his barrel and the ball went flying based on what I could tell from the replays it looked like the wind was even blowing in a little bit maybe but regardless even if it was blowing out that ball was still absolutely smoked and even though um, you know, we saw 
Nolan Arenado in this game go over three. He hit the ball hard twice. He had two exit velos of above uh, 99 plus. Um, on both flyouts on expected batting averages of above 500. One of them was a 850 um, in in the sixth inning on a flyout. So again, not worried about Arenado uh, in the slightest, to be quite honest with you. But um, def- definitely some some positives. I mean, obviously I talked about John Nagowski with the go ahead single as well. Uh, Tommy Evan was able to, to get on base with the walk. He did go 0 for two though. Uh, Goldschmidt got got a hit, which, which was which was nice to see. Only negative really was that one for, or I guess two negatives, one for eight in rather scoring position and just a one extra base hit with Carlson. But pitching continues to impress, even, you know, outside of Carlos Martinez. I thought it was, for the most part, a flawless pitching uh, weekend for St. Louis. So Cardinals got a rare off day, um, recording it tonight. I uh, also just finished up watching the Oklahoma State and Oregon State with uh, Oregon State getting the upset. Um, Love Oregon State. So um, if your bracket's busted, don't feel bad. So is mine. I had Illinois. When I filled out four or five brackets, Illinois was my champion in all of them. So that's how I'm feeling today. But um, rare off day for St. Louis. I don't know how I got to March Madness. But anyways, Cardinals play tomorrow at uh, 12.05. Looking forward to another Jack Flaherty start. And the Cardinals got to face a pretty hot pitcher in Sandy Alcantara. Uh, This is somebody that the Cardinals traded away in the Marcelo Zuna trade. He's got a high, high ceiling, does Alcantara. He's scoreless in 12 and two-thirds of an innings pitch. So Cardinals are going to have their work cut out for him tomorrow. And I would imagine you see a bunch of regulars in the lineup for St. Louis tomorrow. Uh, it's on Fox Sports Ben West and Fox Sports Florida, I think, for my for the Marlins. Also on MLB Network. So um, if you have that ways to watch it. Um, but regardless, um, it should be a good game, and I'm looking forward to a good game from Jack Flaherty. And uh, also be sure to be on the lookout for the crossover Wednesday edition um, with uh, with uh, with Ethan Smith of Locked On Pirates and myself. But that's going to do it for today's show. A little bit longer, but I had to get caught up on stuff and hope you guys enjoyed it. So be sure to follow me on Twitter, LJ Fastball. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram, LO underscore Cardinals. Email the show with LockedOnCards at gmail.com, and you can always... DM the, the show or me as well, and I will be sure to respond. So from myself, Lucas Smith, that's going to do it. Stay safe, stay well. Have a great day.